15 years, 6 wins and Mexico's most successful Formula 1 driver. This week I'm talking all about Sergio Perez. So get ready, because you've been summoned to the steward's office. Hello everyone and welcome back to the steward's office. I'm Syrah and this week we're going to be having a chat about Sergio Perez because it's been a lot about him in the media lately. Actually, it's not just been lately if I'm being honest here. Sergio Perez has been in the headlines of F1 news a lot since about a quarter of the way through the Formula 1 season, I would say. A lot of articles and a lot of rumours and gossip about this guy. And I just want to point out before we get into everything that this is absolutely in no way any hate towards Sergio Perez. I think he's in a really difficult position with Red Bull right now. And I just want to have a look at what's been going on with him, basically, and what the future might hold for him. So let's just start off with all of the rumours about Chaco Perez, okay? So it's been about a year and a half, I would say, since the rumours about Sergio being kicked out of his seat have been going around. His contract does last until the end of 2024, but Red Bull are a team that have been known for cutting contracts short when their drivers aren't meeting their standards. They have no qualms about dropping drivers in the middle of a season, which isn't a move that a lot of teams will opt to make. But Red Bull and the sister team, AlphaTauri, will do it if they feel like their drivers aren't performing up to standard and there is another better option available to them. But yeah, we've had a lot of those rumours going on for a while. I would say since the 2022 season, we have heard rumours and gossip and there have been the odd articles and headlines here and there about the fact that Red Bull are looking to kick Sergio Perez out of his seat and cut his contract short. I feel like they have amped up in 2023, though. We have heard so, so much about him potentially not having a seat next year with Red Bull. But obviously, we're getting towards the end of the season now. There are two races left, and Red Bull have been adamant that he will be sticking around next year. Journalists have been asking Christian Horner and Helmut Marko and even Max Verstappen about Sujo's future, whether he'll be staying, what Max would think about maybe having Daniel Ricciardo as a teammate. And as a whole, Red Bull seemed to be giving the same line of, we are keeping Sujo, his contract doesn't end until the end of 2024, and therefore he will be staying with us. We've also got Chaco saying that he's fully committed with them until the end of his contract, but things can always be said, right? It's really easy to turn around and say that Red Bull are going to keep him, that Sujo wants to stay with them, but that doesn't always translate into action. There were also some slightly bizarre rumours going around a couple of weeks back that Sergio Perez was going to retire and was going to make the announcement at the Mexican Grand Prix. Obviously that never happened but it was a really weird rumour. We sort of jumped from Sergio being kicked out of his seat by Red Bull to then Sergio opting to retire. There have just been so so many rumours that have been going around in articles on social media, around the paddock. And yes, I am emphasising that these are all just rumours, we all know that. But sometimes there's a reason that these rumours happen. And I think had Sergio Perez been performing at the same level as Max Verstappen this year, I don't think we'd be hearing so many of these rumours that he was going to be getting kicked out of Red Bull or that he was going to retire. But let's be completely honest, it has been a really, really difficult season for him in 2023. 
and 2022 also had some moments for him. And look, I'm not saying that he's not had some brilliant times with Red Bull, and I will be talking about those as well. I'm not going to only focus on what's gone wrong for Sergio, because he has had some genuinely amazing moments with Red Bull and in his car. But I think what a lot of the fans and what the media are thinking right now is that there just haven't been enough moments of his brilliance in Red Bull as of right now. So let's have a look at all of his three seasons with Red Bull first and just give a brief overview of all of them, all right? So 2021 was his very first season with the Milton Keynes-based team and he had been brought in to replace Alex Albon who had been dropped. So he had a couple of moments of bad luck with Red Bull that season. I mean, the season opener in Bahrain saw him have an electrical failure on the formation lap and he ended up having to start from the pit lane because of that. Even starting from the pit lane, though, he managed to finish in P5. He got a top five finish from the pit lane. He had a slow pit stop at the Styrian Grand Prix, which cost him a podium. But overall, when you look at 2021 for him, considering he was joining a new team in a car that was much quicker and a lot better than what he had driven previously or in more recent history for him, I really don't think it was a bad first season for him. He managed to get his first win with Red Bull out in Azerbaijan and he picked up a good couple of podiums along the way as well. And as controversial as Abu Dhabi 2021 was, I think what a lot of fans can agree on here is that Sergio Perez did a fantastic defensive job out there against Lewis Hamilton and had some incredibly smart driving against him. And that's where his whole nickname of the Mexican Minister of Defence came from. He did an amazing job out there. He finished in P5 during the 2021 Championship, so it was a strong season for him, I think, for his very first season with Red Bull. And then 2022 had actually started off on the right note for him, so the regulation changes had come in, and it looked like a good battle between Red Bull and Ferrari in the early stages of the season. I mean, at this point, he'd had a year with the car in general. I know the regulations had changed, but with his car, with his side of the garage, his team, his engineers, with Max, we got to know everyone in the team a little bit better. And I think a year in, you're a bit more embedded with your team and how this team functions compared to who you were with previously. And it didn't take long into the season. We got to Saudi Arabia and he took his first pole position out in Emilia Romana. He helped the team get their first 1-2 since the 2016 Malaysian Grand Prix. So they had been waiting a while for that 1-2. He also had his win in Monaco after crashing out during qualifying and a win in Singapore, which even after a five-second time penalty, he was able to keep. So he had some real good standout moments in 2022. But 2022 was also a year that Sergio Perez did vocalise some unhappiness with Red Bull. So during the Spanish Grand Prix, after Max had gone wide, Sergio was in a battle for second place with George Russell and the Mercedes. And since Checo hadn't been able to get past George, he let Max past so he could try and go and get George. And Max wasn't able to overtake George Russell either. At this point, Red Bull did let Sergio Perez back past Max because Max hadn't been able to get past George. And after that switch, Sergio Perez did manage to get past George Russell. And since the race leader Charles Leclerc had retired, it did leave Checo in the lead of the race and Max had pitted while that had happened. By lap 49, though, 
Checo had let Max through again because the team had told him that Max was on a three-stop race and Checo was on a two-stop. And it meant that Max had won the race with Sergio in second. And I think this is where some of the bubbling up in the media and with fans came from where people start to say Red Bull are favouring Max and they're not maybe giving Checo a fair chance or they're treating the two drivers differently. I think that was a real starting point for those sort of comments and rumours to happen. I think the biggest bit of discontent for Checo Perez and for a lot of his fans though actually came way later in the season at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix out in Interlagos in Brazil. I mean at this point Max had already wrapped up the championship, it was his, there was nothing that he really needed to fight for at this point. But Sergio Perez was in a battle with Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari for P2 in the Drivers' Championship, so he was still battling it out for those points. And bear in mind that as much as Red Bull has achieved during their time in F1, and they have achieved a lot, there is one thing that has eluded them during this time, and that was getting a 1-2 in the Drivers' Championship. They hadn't managed it in the four years that Sebastian Vettel had won his titles, and they were quite far from it in 2021, but... 2022 was a chance for them to do it. So it was going to mean a lot not only to Sergio Perez, because obviously it would have been the highest that he's ever finished in the Drivers' Championship, but it would also mean a lot to the team to get that one-two that has eluded them for so long. So anyway, going back to the Sao Paulo Grand Prix in 2022, which, let's be honest, this was not the happiest weekend for Red Bull that season. This was a really difficult weekend, I'd probably say potentially one of their weakest in 2022, right? They were struggling with the car in general. But Sergio Perez had qualified in ninth for the sprint, and then the sprint meant that he was going to be starting in fifth place during Sunday's Grand Prix. And he actually had a really good start on Sunday and had been in third place for most of the race. He'd fallen back a little though after the safety car had come out, and he had let Max Verstappen pass him with the understanding, right? that if Max wasn't able to gain any positions either, he would let Checo pass again because Checo had given him that position. And obviously Checo was still battling for P2 against Charles Leclerc. They needed as many points or Checo needed as many points as he could against Charles to try and get and claim P2. And well, that just didn't happen. And all Sujo said was that they had discussed it post-race and they were putting the matter behind them. But he had initially been quite disappointed by what had happened there, or really what hadn't happened there. By the time he'd headed out to Abu Dhabi for the last race of the season, both he and Charles Leclerc were tied on 280 points. And P2 in the championship just wasn't meant to be for him. He'd made a couple of mistakes during that GP, had lost time behind the back markers, and ended up having to settle for third place, so no P2 for him and no one two in the Drivers' Championship for Red Bull. And then we get into 2023, and we could see clearly through testing just how strong the Red Bull car was, and that there really wasn't another team that was close to them. To be honest, I don't think it took long for anyone to realise that this was going to be a one-horse race this season. Red Bull were going to win both championships, I think everyone was calling it pretty much after the first race or two of the season, if not after testing. But the start of the season wasn't awful for Chaco. 
it looked kind of promising, to be honest with you. There were points where I genuinely thought that he was going to be able to challenge for the championship early on. He converted his pole to a win out in Saudi, Azerbaijan. He managed to win the sprint and the Grand Prix. Miami, he ended up taking pole, but he could not get the win. And then at that point, it all started to fall apart for him a little bit and it started to spiral downwards. Tides changed, luck ran out, whatever you want to call it, but Sergio Perez just seemed to lose his form after Miami. And that, I think, was when his chances of a championship really, really washed away for 2023. For five consecutive races, he could not make it into Q3 during qualifying, and then for three consecutive races, he wasn't on a podium. And I don't think anyone would make so much of a fuss about this had he not been in one of the most dominant cars we have seen in F1. There's no denying how strong the RB19 has been for Red Bull this year. And I think that's why so many people made the comment about Checo not getting into Q3, not getting consistent podiums, because we've seen how quick that car is. It should not be struggling to get into Q3. And some of it, yes, was bad luck, but some of them were mistakes on his half that were crashes during qualifying that just cost him dearly. He did have a better run of things after that, though. Hungary, Austria, Monza, Zandvoort, I'd say, were all a little bit better for him. He was getting podiums, getting into Q3, was managing to race higher up the grid, so it was a better run for him. Japan, I think, was probably a little bit of a low point for him when he ended up DNFing twice in one race. And as if that weren't bad enough, his team were celebrating winning the Constructors' Championship. Which, I mean, I just... I can't imagine having that bad of a race where you've had to DNF, had a penalty, the team has sent you back out again so you could save that penalty so it doesn't get carried over to the next race. And then you've had to go back into the garage and retire again. All the while, your team are celebrating winning the Constructors' Championship. I mean, you couldn't cross the line to celebrate afterwards or even have the drivers go in formation during the cooldown lap to celebrate that Constructors' win. I don't know. I think it just would have been such a weird mixture of emotions for me. Because you're kind of mourning having a bad race yourself, but also wanting to celebrate that you helped the team win the Constructors' Championship. I don't know, it just feels really strange to me, like a weird dichotomy of feelings. And then Qatar happened, and that was the race where Max Verstappen could seal his third world title, and Checo just did not have a great weekend there. I mean, even if he'd managed to outscore Max Verstappen by however many points he had needed, it was just putting off the inevitable, but it was an awful weekend for Checo. I tell you what, though, right, into Lagos, this last race that we've had, he actually seemed to find some of his form again. He was a lot racier, the pace was better, he was battling with Fernando Alonso. And yes, he narrowly missed out on the podium to Fernando, but it seemed to be more of what Traco Perez has shown to do in those moments of brilliance. So it did look like he was in better form out in Interlagos, but who knows if that is something that will continue. Especially when we only have two races of the season left out in Las Vegas and Abu Dhabi, it will be a wait and see. And it's been a mixture. It's been a roller coaster, I think, for Sergio Perez. It's been very, very up and down. But let's be honest, it was never ever going to be easy being Max Verstappen's teammate. I'm not saying that it would be, 
especially over the past two or three years where Max has seemed like he's at the top of his game. He seems untouchable right now. So, okay, maybe trying to beat him out of a championship might be a big ask. But I think when you look at the points deficit over the past couple of seasons between them, you would just expect them to be closer together. I think when you see the points deficit from this season, you would expect them to be closer together. Max by himself could win Red Bull, the Constructors' Championship. I mean, that is the Hall of Points that Max Verstappen has taken from this season. Checo just hasn't been there. He hasn't been collecting the massive points consistently. He hasn't been challenging Max for race wins. Like I said, you would just expect them to be a little bit closer together, especially considering that Sergio Perez is one of Max's more experienced teammates. It's not like when he's been with Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon when they were in the Red Bull with Max. They were relatively young, inexperienced drivers, whereas Sergio, in comparison, now has 13 years of F1 under his belt within a multitude of teams. He has worked with different teams and different types of people, and that is experience that helps you build as a racing driver. And I think for those reasons, you would expect that gap to be a little less. If you were to bring a lesser experienced driver who is a lot younger, like Liam Lawson, into the car, you might understand him having a bigger points deficit, needing to take a little bit more time to get used to the car and to be able to race against Max. But yeah, with the amount of experience Sergio has, you would expect the gap to be smaller than what we are seeing right now. So that is a bit of an overview on his three years with Red Bull so far. Obviously, like I said, we haven't finished the 2023 season, but that is what has gone on. But looking at his three seasons, right, we're going to bench 2021. It was his very first season in Red Bull. Max and Lewis were in a battle for the championship. Bottas was still with the Mercedes at that point, and he had a lot of experience with the team under his belt. And I think Red Bull's main focus that year, and understandably so, was the driver who was going after the championship, right? And that was Max Verstappen. He was going to be their main priority because they couldn't risk taking their eye off the ball when there was a championship battle going on that was so tight between those two drivers. So we will go ahead and just bench that 2021 season, all right? 2022, I mean, the beginning of the season looked like it was going to be a battle between Max and Charles anyway before the Ferrari kind of fell off a cliff and faded away somewhere. But still, I don't think anyone at that point in the season, or at least I didn't think, that Sergio was going to be in contention for a title there, right? But he still had a pretty good season. I mean, I say pretty good, but this was actually his best season at that point. Two wins, a pole position, three fastest laps, and 305 points. And what I think was the main thing for Red Bull was the fact that he had improved since the 2021 season. Finishing in fifth to then finishing in third, it was a better season for him. And I think Red Bull were happy with that progress. And I think a lot of people are still happy with that progress, even though the rumours had started brewing of unhappiness between Checo and the team and the team maybe wanting to drop Checo Perez. But I think logically the next step is to think that he can move one place up and then start battling for a championship, especially when you look at how dominant the Red Bull car is this year, right? It's the quickest car by a country mile, especially at the beginning of the season. We can see the gap slowly closing now, but when we're looking back at Bahrain 
at Saudi Arabia, Australia, the early stages of this season, Red Bull were winning by massive, massive margins. And when you have a car like the RB19 that is that dominant, then you know, okay, the championship will be Red Bulls in some way, shape or form. And for me personally, that's fair enough, right? They did a really good job with the regulations. They built a very, very strong car. But what I do hope for personally in that case is that we get a battle from both of their drivers because you know no one else is going to be competing at the top of the field, right at the front. And that didn't materialise this season. This is where it faded away. The start was really promising for Checo, like I mentioned, and then in Miami, it just all fell apart for him. He just didn't stand a chance after that point, did he? I mean, Max looks like he's a master by the RB19. It just does what he wants it to do. He can extract max performance out of it. No pun intended there. And Sergio just doesn't seem like he's able to do that with the car. He's having to work a little bit harder to get it to do what he wants it to do. He can't extract as much performance out of it. I think when you look at both of them driving it, when Max is driving the RB19, it drives the way you think a Formula 1 car should drive. It's smooth, it's quick, it works well, it looks comfortable to drive, even though you know how much effort Formula 1 drivers put into an F1 car when they're driving. It looks very effortless when Max is driving it. There's no oversteer, understeer. He's not having to work the steering wheel a lot. He's just driving the way he wants to drive and it looks like an enjoyable drive. Whereas with Checo, I think you just see him having to put a lot more effort into the car to let it do what he wants it to do, especially when it comes to his one lap pace in qualifying. And yeah, Interlagos did seem like it was a better race for him. He was way, way more competitive. The Checo that we know can compete for race wins, can compete for podiums and pole positions. But with him right now, it's a question of how long will this last for? Because his performance is just so up and down at the moment. We get periods of amazing performances from him, of good performances from him at the very least, where he's on the podium, he's getting points in for Red Bull. And then we get points where it just seems to be going downhill and the consistency that he would need or any driver needs to win a championship just doesn't seem to be present right now. And maybe it is because of the pressure, right? Because I don't think Sergio Perez is a bad driver by any means. I don't think Red Bull would sign a driver that they thought was a bad driver. You know, everyone knows what the standard of driver they want in their car is. There is no way they would have signed Sergio Perez had they not seen him meeting that standard beforehand. But obviously something is not clicking for him right now, especially in this season. Something just hasn't clicked for him and it doesn't feel quite right. So maybe it is the pressure. I really don't know. But with Red Bull being as competitive as they are this year, with Max being in the absolute form of his career, maybe it's just a lot of pressure that he is struggling to adjust to. Because like I said, I think he is a really good driver, but maybe it's just more on the mental and psychological side Dealing with everything going on, I mean, there's more media surrounding Red Bull now because of their dominance, because of how well they're doing in Formula 1, how well Max is doing and the entire team. There is a lot more media looking at them, a lot more articles about them, a lot more sort of questioning eyes, sort of staring at them and wondering what's going on and are there any cracks that might be coming through. And It is a lot to handle. 
And I think for Max, he's always had a lot of media attention on him because he's one of those rising stars of Formula One and now he is a three-time world champion. Whereas with Checo, I think, especially in his sort of Force India days and everything, it was a little bit quieter. There wasn't as much media attention. And then getting into Red Bull, where you've got a lot of cameras at you, a lot of PR going on, that also plays a part in it. So I wonder whether it is that. But I think there's sometimes this little question in the back of my mind, right, where I wonder if... Red Bull had pulled Sergio Perez into their team because they thought he could win a championship or whether they brought him in because they thought he would be able to support the team and get in the constructors and support Max a little bit more and support car development. And I'm not saying that's the case, right? But I think it's been very clear that since Max was brought up into Toro Rosso, which is now AlphaTauri, that Red Bull were looking to him as their future. They knew what they wanted his career trajectory to be. They knew the potential that he had. And they wanted him to bring back those golden days that the team had with Sebastian Vettel. And it's paid off for both parties, right? Let's be honest there. Max has found this second family within Red Bull who have helped him get his success. And Red Bull have a committed driver in Max who's performing for them week in and week out. Absolutely no issue and is helping them with their success. It's a two-way street and it's working out for both of them. And I think it'll be difficult for any driver to get a look in edge race whilst Max is performing the way he does. And it's not that I don't think Red Bull wouldn't give another driver a fair shot at a driver's championship, right? But that driver would need to be performing at, well, not just at their very best, but at Max's very best, because that's where the bar is. Red Bull and Max are the bar not just for that second Red Bull driver, but for the entire grid right now. He's the one setting the quickest lap times. He's the one setting records. He's the one leading laps and getting those race wins and leading the championship. So for Red Bull to say, yeah, we can give you a chance at a championship, you need to be performing at that level because if you aren't there to fight for a championship, there's nothing more Red Bull can really do then if you are qualifying further back outside of the top 10 if you aren't able to overtake cars when you're starting that far back either there's only so much Red Bull are able to do in those situations and it's that level of consistency as well that Max gives Red Bull that that other driver would need to have to let Red Bull give them a fair shot at it because I think if Red Bull can see both their drivers fighting and being fair with each other so they're not causing damage to each other and crashing each other out but they're seeing both their drivers be that consistent and it's respectful safe driving and I think Christian Horner would turn around and be like yeah go and drive go and see which one of you can get the driver's championship we're not going to intervene that much as long as you guys are bringing both of the cars home in one piece at the end of the day And I think the thing is, right now, at least, there are a limited number of drivers that could perform to Max's level. And of those drivers, well, I don't think Red Bull would really have any of those in that seat next to Max. And I don't know how many of those drivers would opt to move to Red Bull either. But yes, Sergio Perez still has one year, though, left on his contract, end of 2024. And for all intents and purposes, let's say that Red Bull do honour this contract and everything they're saying is true. They are keeping him on for the full 2024 season. Do I think he's going to keep up with Max next year? Look, if we are to just look at the evidence that we have in front of us right now, I will have to say no. I don't think that he will be able to but this is where the problem is going to lie not just for him but for Red Bull next year if he can't do it 
I've spoken to a couple of people about this actually, right? Because there is every chance that Red Bull are going to face a challenge from McLaren next year. And that's not to say they definitely will, but there is every chance that it could happen because we don't know what development has been like for any of the teams up and down the grid. Out of all 10 teams, we don't know what's going on for the 2024 car. But if there was a team that we had to bet on that would close the gap to Red Bull in the 2024 season, I think all of us would say it's McLaren. And if they do, then Red Bull are going to need to have both of their drivers at the front of the field to help each other out and get maximum points every weekend for the Constructors' title. They cannot have either of their drivers consistently struggling to make it into Q3, having weekends where they just aren't racing at the front of the pack. And if that happens where McLaren or any of the teams close up with Red Bull, we see a battle between two, three, four teams. I mean, that's what we want to see, right? But even if it's just that one team that's battling at the front with Max and Sergio, if Sergio can't keep up, if he can't help the team out, then I could see the potential of Sergio being dropped in the middle of the 2024 season. And that kind of brings me to my very last point about Sergio Perez in this podcast episode, because he needs his 2024 season to be as strong as possible. For himself, more than anything, forget about Red Bull, he needs a good season for himself. Because realistically speaking, I cannot see Red Bull signing him beyond 2024 when his contract is over. And he might have a phenomenal season, right? And they might opt to, you never know. I'm never going to say never, but I can't see it happening. But if he is planning on staying on the grid beyond 2024 and Red Bull don't resign him, then he needs a good season to show the other teams that he's worth giving a seat to. Because 2024 silly season is going to be an absolute mess. It's going to be insane. There are so many seats that are going to be up for grabs between the drivers already on the grid, any reserve drivers and drivers that are coming up from F2 that are waiting in the wings. So it will be crazy competitive next year, as the seats always are in F1, right? But in a year like 2024, when we have a lot of contracts running out, it's going to be so, so messy and chaotic. But yeah, next season needs to be a strong one for Checo Perez and probably a little more consistent than what he's had this year. And I think he does have it in him to have that level of consistency. And I hope what we get now is a winter break for Checo where he can rest with his family, where he can reset, spend time with his kids and his wife and his dad and his friends and come in with a fresh mindset in 2024. Be competitive, drive at the front with Max, find setups that work for him in that car where he can challenge for poles and wins and podiums. Because even if Red Bull don't opt to sign him, hopefully other teams will be keeping an eye on him and wanting to keep him on the grid and in their car. So yeah, I just think this year in particular has been a tale of inconsistency for Checo Perez. And I really hope for him that next year we see so many more moments of his brilliance when he drives. Because when Sergio Perez can drive well, it's beautiful to watch. It's amazing to watch. And we saw that at the end of the Brazilian Grand Prix between him and Fernando Alonso. So fingers crossed we get more moments like that from him. And that brings me to the end of my episode on Sergio Perez. There's just been so much going on with him and so many rumours and everything. I wanted to sit down and have a really good chat about him because he's been one of the more interesting drivers to sort of follow and watch this season, I think. 
But yeah, I really enjoyed doing this episode. If you would like more episodes like this about any of the other F1 drivers that are on the grid right now, please let me know. You can drop me a message or a comment on my TikTok or on my Instagram at stewards underscore office. I'm always happy to take on any suggestions for podcast episodes. So yeah, please let me know. I will be back next Tuesday, 9am, after the inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. I have so many thoughts about this Grand Prix, guys, and we haven't even raced yet. So, next Tuesday will be an interesting episode. Of that, I am very, very sure. So please join me next Tuesday at 9am when we have a rundown on everything in Vegas. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. And please give this podcast a five star review if you enjoyed it. It really does mean the world to me. And I will see you guys the next time you're summoned to the steward's office.